Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putvey, and I'm joined now by my most favorite specialist co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. Uh, Matt reaches the favoritist levels because uh, he he's here. I, I, I It's been a while. Um, <laughs> I haven't had a voice really since last Wednesday. So every time you've asked me to want to come on to do a show, it's just been like, I just can't do it. Like I can't do like I, I just there's been no consistency. And uh even now, like I, I, I think the show should be sponsored by Halls because I've got them here beside me. Um but feeling better than what I was, so hopefully it'll continue and uh we can kind of get some content in a very important time uh with yeah. the uh with the draft coming up and obviously Montreal having the fifth overall selection. Yeah, so I'm glad that you're able to come on. Uh, Treg, unfortunately, uh, he is detained with family stuff. Uh, he's got the grandkids. They've got uh, they've got school plays, all that kind of stuff. So he he's clearly got more important things to do. And yeah. I do not blame him one bit for telling us. Yeah, no, sorry, boys. Uh, I gotta go watch my grandkids. Yeah. I mean, clearly. They are way better entertainment than we are. Very much so. And and like <laughs> one of the things we're going to be talking about is the Sens anyway. So like. Kind of sort of, yeah. but not really. But before we even get to that, um, we'll just dive right in. So as we were prepping to begin recording, as we record, it's the 13th of June. It's about 6.45 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Tony Marinero uh, just put out on Twitter that there's some breaking news that Donald Balmforth, the head physiotherapist, and Graham Reinben, the head athletic therapist of the Montreal Canadiens, both have been there for years. Uh, both have been relieved of their duties. Now, I, I look at this and it, it, to me, it does signify that the Canadians are following through on that review that they, they said they were going to make of the medical approach that their training staff have had. Uh, but I want to make it very clear that these two, who are still, by the way, on the Canadian's main staff page as we speak, so this is not an official firing, but if it does happen, and Tony's right, and Tony's been right in the past many times, so I'm going to take it as if it's true right now. If they're... If, them being fired, they should not be made the scapegoats. They cannot be made the scapegoats for the two years where the Canadians have just been absolutely decimated. They only implement the the uh, the programs that are put in place by the head of the medical staff, and that's Dr. Mulder. Yeah. So in my view, if they're firing them, they should also be making a massive change at the top of their medical staff. But they won't. He's been there forever. 
He's been there he's, for it, he's been there forever. Isn't that part of the problem though? You would you would think so, yes, but um it it, it is it is kind of uh an interesting take on this right now of like taking the people out that kind of are more or less every day with the players as opposed to the head doctor. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But it, I, I do like that they're doing something. Um, it's going to make it's going to make some fans happy that they're at least looking into that kind of stuff, because mm-hmm. you can you can you can understand just as well as I can. It's been atrocious for injuries. Some of them some of them have been definitely um, result in a hard hit or a fight or anything like that. You can't you can't really take away from that. But some of the some of the players that were playing through some of these injuries that then led to further serious injury you know somebody's got to take somebody's got to take the fall and unfortunately it's not the guy at the top but we'll see what happens we can see what comes from it yeah and while while I do appreciate that the Canadians are following through on what they've stated they wanted to go into on the medical side. Like I said, they can't be made scapegoats. This cannot be just a performative, you know, uh, surface change. It's, it's putting lipstick on a pig. If all you're doing is firing a couple of trainers who, by the way, have been there for many, many years and who are only implementing the programs that they are given by the head of the staff. Right. So, uh, I, I'm a big proponent of the buck stops here. If you're in a, in a position of leadership, uh, you understand this as well. If you're in that position of leadership, you're in charge. Whether you made the call or you made the mistake or not, it's still your department and ultimately you're at fault. Right. So. You never know. Maybe this un- happens. Hockey gods are on our side. We get a full roster that plays 82 games apiece. <laughs> just everybody, just they get a bath and icy hot after every game and good to go. Maybe they can get one of those stars from Mario Brothers, you know, that make you invincible. I take it. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, that's, that's the news right now. <clears throat> so, We'll see how this shakes out over the next couple of days. We'll obviously take a look at it as it comes out, but uh, we'll move on from there to uh, what you hinted at earlier uh, where we were talking about Ottawa and the senators have been sold to Michael Andelauer for $950 million. He also owns 10% of the Montreal Canadiens, which now he must sell. Yeah. He also owns the Hamilton Bulldogs. Yes, and there's yeah. some there's some news that perhaps Steve Steos will become the new GM of the Senators once this is finalized. Could be interesting. That's an interesting take. That would really change um, change the direction of the team because I thought Dorian was doing a fairly decent job considering last, he had last year. Uh, last year he took a big step. He was really yeah. one of those GMs, and especially in a Canadian market, that you were kind of like. This guy isn't doing nothing, and like look at the look at the draft picks he's bringing in. Look look at where the team's finishing, etc. Last year, he was aggressive. He was very aggressive, and uh, you know he was able to bring in a guy that actually wanted to be there in uh, Claude Giroux. And he had a fantastic season in his first year, 
and then um, sign some guys to some pretty decent contracts for what they bring to the team in Stutzel and into uh, Chuck and um, was aggressive at the draft and, and, and brought in um, brought in uh, to bring it as well. Um, but they have a lot of holes in their lineup. They're one of those teams that they, they have uh, a lot of guys left to sign and um, they've got a lot of holes in their lineup. And um, if we're, if we're talking about Dorian not coming back, there's obviously the, uh, the chance that a guy like DJ Smith doesn't come back. Um, for me, I'm just happy that this process is over because it seems that every time you turn the damn television on, it's someone new, that said that they're going to bid on it. And you know what? Yeah, it would have been cool if it would have been um, a guy like Ryan Reynolds or, or Snoop Dogg or something like that and bring in that kind of um, that kind of that uh, I guess paparazzi or kind of bring that um, um, entertainment factor, I guess, to the to the organization. However, you're bringing in a, a guy who's a businessman, as you said, he owns uh 10% or he does for now at least, which uh, yeah. I'm sure that 10% is not going to be very hard to sell. Uh, especially since the Canadians are valued at uh, a hell of a lot more than $950 million. And so uh, if, if 1.8, I think it's $1.6 billion is the, uh, the value. So that would mean, 160 million yeah so i and, and you know that's going to get inflated um yeah so you're gonna he's not gonna have any issues with that but um i'll say congratulations to him um yeah. it's going to be interesting to see if they uh they build a new arena that's not in canada maybe some that's closer to downtown maybe some in the little breton flats that they've been talking about forever but um happy that it's finally over yeah um well they can move on from that and it does bring up another point that uh, bruce garriock brought up in the ottawa sun today and that is debrinkat so it seems that debrinkat does not want to spend the next eight years in a canadian market no. for whatever reason so he is clearly going to have to be traded before the draft which means now with new ownership and there's deeper pockets and there's willingness to spend, they'll make changes. The senators may take a little bit of a step back, but I think they'll, in the long run, this might work out, especially for when they move to Quebec city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're looking at a guy in Jabrinkit, undersized forward, much like Cole Caulfield. And, um, He's a two a two time forty goal scorer. He scored thirty once last year with his first year and probably only year with the Sens. Uh, he still put up sixty six points and twenty seven goals. Um, still very good numbers. It's just as a restricted free agent, um, he's coming off a deal that was paying him uh, six point four million dollars. His qualifying offer is nine million dollars. Yeah. So I can see yeah. that definitely scaring off the Sens because he's not a $9 million player, to say the least. He might try to hit the market and make more than the 6.4 that he has right now. Um, but we'll see where he ends up. Um, I believe he's from, he's from uh, Michigan. 
So I'll just say he's going to Detroit. There you go. Done. It's going. There home. you go. <laughs> but the fact that he's he wants it, it, it seems that by dropping the hole, he doesn't want to be in Canada for the next eight years. Right. It kind of kind of makes you lean towards the fact that he might be looking to sign an eight-year deal, which he can only do with the senators, right. which means a sign and trade. Sign and trade so yeah. that that's good for the senators because then they could up the value. Let's just say they 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 can't lose them for nothing. Or they can't get kind of it's gonna we don't know the teams that are on his um that are on his list. Yeah. Or teams that he'd be willing to sign an extension with. So we can't really speculate much on that. But um they kind of can't get pushed into a corner, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh and, and kind of lose kind of lose out on the value that that player brings because they did give up quite a bit to get him. They did. They really did. They gave a seventh overall pick. It's just, just one of the pieces that they gave up for. Right. Um. So there's that, Uh. but Hey, shit happens. Sorry, Ottawa. Uh, deal with it. I suppose Uh. this ain't, <laughs> this, this ain't a Senator show. So uh, we don't have a lot of sympathy for the senators uh player whatever his number is uh is going to move on and <laughs> yeah what are you going to do uh all right but that that takes us to the next step um and this is something that also caught uh, just popped up today and that's uh or in the last day or so pathetic leaving the quebec rampart yeah and he says there's no nhl teams knocking at the door but a guy like him doesn't just up and quit a team that just won a Memorial Cup unless he's got something in the works. I could see him maybe taking a little bit of time off, but I'm sure he's I'm sure he's taking calls. Um yeah. for me, I think he's done enough when it comes to coaching. Like, yes, he didn't coach very long at the NHL level, but yeah. I don't think that he needs to. I I, I think that he can go in a, a more of a front office role. And really help out a team just with bringing his vast amount of, of hockey experience. He he completely turned around that Quebec franchise. He did. So turned yes, him into there's a powerhouse this year. So silver, depending on what the role that he was given, but. Mm-hmm. You give him, you give him the right role, and I'm sure that he would very much succeed in in the market that he was in. And I would, oh, I would bring him into the Canadians organization with open arms. I really would. He's been a favorite of mine for years. Um, I remember when I was in uh, elementary school, I had a folder that had him on the on the front of it, and I used it all the time. I probably even still have it. Um, guy's a phenomenal phenomenal player um you know numbers retired in montreal for him to come back i think it would be incredible will it actually happen probably not probably not but we'll see uh yeah so wish him the best of luck Uh, love to see him in montreal again someday but hey in the meantime we'll move on to somebody who is rumored to want to go to montreal and that's Pierre Luc Dubois. I know, I know, I know. 
everybody's starting to get a little bit tired of this whole will he won't won't he stuff with Dubois. And good news, folks. Um, whatever it is, wherever he goes, whatever happens, it's going to happen between now and the draft. That's right. So a couple more weeks, and it's going to be all be over until two years later when he de- demands another trade. <laughs> yeah. But uh, right now, uh, the two teams that are supposedly at the top of the list who are in the running are the Habs and the Kings. Yeah. That kind of makes it, it so there's going to be a sign and trade deal. And that's what uh, that's what his agent is pushing for. And right now, the rumor is nine million a year. But let's be honest, he's more of an eight. 8.15 kind of player. He's he's up there, but like if 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 you're looking if you're looking at uh bringing him to the Montreal Canadiens, um would you pay him more than Suzuki? Maybe. I mean, with Suzuki and Caulfield, you were buying you were paying for players who are still within that RFA range. Yes. They weren't as old. They weren't as established. Uh, With him, he's a little bit older, a little bit more established. So you could see how he can be given something slightly above. Yeah. But nothing. like Coffee, because like Suzuki's at making 7.875. He's 23 years old. Yeah. Right. Dubois is 24. He'll be 25 in 10 days. Right. So I can see it. I can see it's coming off a one year, uh, $6 million deal. I would, I, I would, I would give him somewhere between probably seven and a half at the probably somewhere between seven and a half and eight. And I think that he would take. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would go as far as to like 8.2. You know, something along that, but to go beyond that, because the, um, his comparables are down a little bit lower. Like he's using Barzal as a, as a comparable who's in a 9 million range. Right. But I don't see, you know, the points per game average is a little higher for Barzal. Right. Uh, He has been an Islander for life. So there's, there's some money involved in, in that kind of loyalty. Yes, and 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 he played seventy three games this year, put up twenty seven goals. So if he would have played a full season, likely would have hit thirty and say seventy points. Yeah, right. Pretty good numbers, but is that nine million dollar money? No. No. Right. Do you so, expect him to reach? Do you expect him to do more than seventy points? Maybe. Maybe. Not right, not that, right yet. Get, not with, not with the the players, the uh, not with the players that he would be playing with with Montreal at the start. So then, would he be worth that kind of money anyway, even the lower end? Perhaps, perhaps it could be. It could be. Uh, yeah. You might go down a little bit, but even if they gave him, so, like, even if they gave him seven and a half, to have. A one-two punch at center, making about 15, 16 million bucks. That's not too bad. No, no, I agree. That would be an amazing coup. 
by Hughes. And I think it puts to the test the whole, I want to be in Montreal thing. Yes. Do, how badly does he want to be in Montreal? Is he willing to take a little bit less to yes. play in Montreal or not? Now, and maybe, and tra- maybe, and maybe he's asking for the extra or he's, this has been leaked because yeah. as we know, you go play in Montreal, you're taxed up the ass. Or he could be leaking this so that other teams are, are thinking that the pot's a little too sweet. We're not going to get right, into, the, right. into the pool. Right. There's, there's dozens of reasons why there is, there stuff is, like this gets is. out. Like he's, would I, would I, would I welcome him to Montreal? Absolutely. I think that sure. he'd be, I think he'd be great. And um, it would open up the debate. Do you keep him at center? Do you throw him on the wing, et cetera? Because you still have Kirby doc. Um any trade, however, you don't add Kirby Doc. A lot of people have been talking about it, saying, well, you just yeah. flip Doc to Winnipeg. They get a young center back. You get a young center that's Quebec-born. No, I'm not doing that deal. It's not going to happen. Um, the The goal is to – the goal is, is to bring them both in and to have both of them on the team – We'll see how it goes, but I liked what I saw from Doc when he played at when he played on the wing. So for me, I would put him on the wing over Dubois, and have your your top line could literally be what it was when when you know everyone started getting injured and they were like, let's just put every all of our good players on the top line with Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc. That could be a good number one line. Having a guy like Dubois as your 2C, and we even saw it last year in the short a short amount of time that Monaghan played, having that 2C is an extremely important, and it was it's good for the longevity of Nick Suzuki. So you bring him yeah. in, all of a sudden, you, you play him with... I'll just spitball Slavkovsky and Josh Anderson. That is a big line. Everybody can put the puck in the net. And then you then you kind of make your lineup from there. But I, I think for me, that sounds like a good top six. Then you're also looking at who you draft this year and the, their development path. Or you look three years down the road when Mitchkov's in the lineup. See what I did there, <laughs> right? And um, all the you know, all of a sudden, you've got a goal scorer on each line. Yes, that's true. And uh, the Habs and Filtered account put out a uh, a poll earlier today. Uh, currently, after about five hours, there's 340 votes, and it's 100% no on trading Doc for Dubois. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, no, because the um, the Canadians hold the trump card here. He yes. he wants out. Yes, he wants As out of Winnipeg. A lot of people in Winnipeg. Um, I yeah. think, I think that um, Kevin Shoveldayov has done a good job at manufacturing a talented team. Brought in Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus made some changes. Rick Bonus was not happy with his team's effort, which was a very famous sound clip from the draft from the uh, from the playoffs this year. 
changes are going to be made. Um, a guy like Blake Wheeler at his 8.25 cap hit probably won't be back. Mark, well, he's got one more year left. Mark Shifley, who's an uh, alternate captain, 6.125. Again, one year left on his deal. He's likely gone. They've already said that Connor Hellebuck doesn't want to sign long-term in Winnipeg, so he's likely gone. A Vesna caliber goaltender at 6.16 million, one more year. So, oh. You, 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 you look at all these players, and these are very important players for this franchise. Yes, they're going to want pieces back. They're going to want value back for these pieces, especially for the names that I mentioned. However, some of these guys have no movement clauses, modified no trade clause, etc. Um, the only guy that really doesn't that I named is Pelibuck. Yeah. Now there's the, he, he still though has a little bit of leverage. So basically shovel day off is going to have to try to make moves to uh, it's clear. It's going to be a rebuild. So he's going to be looking for futures as best as he can. And he's got his work cut out for him because all the players have leverage. And in the case of Dubois, he refuses to sign a contract. He wants out. He's made it very clear, and he's been clear for the last two years of where he wants to go. Yeah. So if it's the Canadians, he's not going to get as good of a trade value as he would <coughs> hope. Uh, the talk with the Kings is that uh, Quinton Byfield would be part of the package, and that would instantly trump anything the Canadians would be willing to trade. Yeah, but would you, why would you do that? Why would you give up? Why would you give up Quentin Byfield? Second overall pick. They want to win now. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't. But like you look at the Kings roster, I think this is more of a um a backup plan for Ansley Kopitar. He's coming yes. off of his this is his last season. He's at a $10 million cap. It's 36 years old, still a hell of a player, great two-way center, but He's getting up there in age. He's still got Philip Deneau there. He's got four more years left. He's 30 years old, making five and a half million dollars. They still need to sign a guy like Gabe Velarde, who's had a lot of injuries, can play center of the wing, uh, restricted free agent. Uh, you get Quentin Byfield, again, still cheap, just under 900000 on his um, entry-level deal. But then you've got guys that still really haven't made a splash in Alex Turcotte. Right, you also have a guy that they just signed to a free, uh, just signed to a contract that had a very good season. With uh, I believe he played for Kitchener in Francisco Pinelli. So you've you've got these guys that are coming up, and I I don't see Dubois being a fit with the Kings. The only reason I think they would do this is if they feel that. Uh... Kopitar is retiring. Yeah. I don't think he will. I don't think he's planning on it. Uh, he's a, uh, he looks like the kind of guy, cause he was still a Selkie trophy uh, caliber player this past year, who was very productive. He could still play for another five years and he could probably sign for a, a good team friendly contract just to finish his career as a King. 
Yeah. Uh, and they could put a statue of him next to uh, next to Browns. Honestly, they really could. Yeah. So unless he flat out says, I'm retiring at the end of this season, I see no real reason specifically for all the points you made. Yeah. They have far too many actual good future uh, centers to justify not just not just the cap hit that it would take. They'd have to make room by trading some players away and they would have to give up massive numbers of futures. Right. So I don't see how that benefits the Kings if they want to win now. Not to get off too far off, but I, I really think that for the Kings, the thing that they really needed was goaltending. If you want something, maybe go on and talk, talk about Connor Hellebuck. You bring Connor exactly. Hellebuck into a team that plays quite a defensive style, but that can strike on the other end if need be. You're turning that team around. I mean, Corpus Allo did very well for the Kings this uh, after the trade deadline. He did. But you put Hellebuck in place of Corpus Allo with the same lineup, and yeah. that team moves a little bit further up the line. Right, right. So I agree. I think Hellebuck would be the guy they should go after. And right. They do and have been, the assets. And there have been talks that they're looking to move on from Victor Arvidsson, who's he, uh, 4.25 million, but he's still a guy put up 59 points this year in 77 games. So like, it's not like he's a, a, a throw-in contract or anything. It's just he would be a guy he'd be a guy that they'd want to move um, if they're bringing in another body that's going to be making 7 million plus. And it's a guy they could flip if they do make that deal. Yes. Yes. So uh, you can double down and get more futures for one of the assets you've picked up for Hellebuck, which is great for Winnipeg. Um, So I, I don't, I mean, the Kings being in the mix Kind of makes sense, but in the, at the end of the day, I don't believe it's really necessary for them. I yep. mean, I watch a lot of Kings games. Yep. Because uh, my favorite player is Drew Doughty, so I watch a lot of his games. Um, I I, I so honestly I, I honestly think he's Montreal's to lose. Yes. If Ken Hughes wants Pierre Luc Dubois to be on this team, and he thinks that he can bring something to this lineup. If he can play with a play in a lineup with Suzuki, Caulfield, Doc, and be within that youth movement and be able to have a fantastic relationship with uh, Martin St. Louis, like the other guys do, it's a no brainer. Yeah. It is a no brainer, but yeah. you can't overpay contract wise and you can't overpay asset wise. You have to, you have to be this is a business at the end of the day, you've got to be yeah. a little bit ruthless and say, Mr. Shovel day off. This is my offer. Take it or leave it. And if Dubois really wants to play hardball, he just has to sit out and just to sit out. Yeah. Do the, do the Leafs approach. Just sit there and, you know, wait till Dubas gives yeah. you a big contract. <laughs> <laughs> Which you might, um, yeah. no, I, I agree. And, 
I mean, if if you're looking at PLD at around let's around eight million, let's just yep. say eight million uh, for eight years, that's a lot of money. Yep. on the cap, you have to move some uh, some assets. You out have to. to you'll have room. to. You'll have to move out some. You might even look into to a buyout or anything like that. However, a guy like Hoffman, four and a half million dollars, he's off the books at the end of the end of the season. You yep. might be able to throw him at a a, a team that's trying to make the cap or trying to just get some draft picks and you might be able to just move him out with a draft pick. There was um, speculation that there was quite a bit of interest in Joel Edmondson, three and a half million dollars, his contracts over at the end of the year. And not to mention the fact that uh, the, the word is that if they were to move, Dubois, they want a center as well. So yep. you've got uh, D- Dvorak Christian, is there. Christian Dvorak, yeah. So there's 4.45, yep. which obviously, you'd still obviously he is have not to sweeten. You'd still have to sweeten the yeah. pot. But I would do Dvorak. There's your roster center. That's 4.45 yeah. off. I would throw in Florida's first round pick. Mm-hmm. So late first round pick. Throw in maybe like a fourth this year as well, right? Okay. Because Montreal's got three of them, so that's just for them on the draft picks. And then I would give them a not a, a top prospect, but I would give them one that has some potential. Like what kind of level prospect? Are we talking Elaine Hudson and Owen no, Beck? No, I would be looking at like a Riley Kidney. So like a B level prospect. Yeah. See, I see that. And for the Canadians, that makes sense, especially when they, they have some leverage. But for Chevel Day off, I, I don't think that's something he'd want. He'd hold out, I think, until that was the only option. And to me, this kind of, that would kind of scream uh formative. It right. looks it looks like Hughes is making an offer that seems fair, but is he's only doing it to say, hey, I gave it a try. I kicked the tires, and eh, the price was too much, moving on. Right. And I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely okay with that. Or do you give another roster player like maybe a Jordan Harris? Instead of or in or in addition to? Either or. See, that's a tough call. It's a very tough call. Harris does hold a lot of value. Because you've got Baron coming up, you got Jack Guy coming back from injury. He's due for a contract after next season. You've got Caden Gooley. Kovacevic did very well in his first year. Eventually, you're going to see a guy like Logan Mayu make the jump. Lane Hudson. Lane Hudson. But that's a couple of years down the line. So for now, moving a, a Jordan Harris, someone who has embraced being a Montreal Canadian who's be- he was the King Clancy award winner for the Canadians. Right. 
So you, you got a guy who's involved in the community, who's, uh, I believe his girlfriend is from the area and, and they're involved in the community. That's a tough, tough thing to move out because he brings more to the table than just solid defensive play. Right. So there's a lot of value there. So if that, if he is on the table and they still say no, that's when you just get up and walk away because yeah. he, he, him in addition to all of what you mentioned, that's still too much in my opinion. Right. Um, now, clearly Dubois' value is more. I mean, you could say that he could be worth the fifth overall pick. Right. Could you could argue that? But what if? Okay, what about? But you're this? not going to do that. What if you give up number um, the Florida pick and you give up Montreal mm-hmm. second, which is pick thirty-seven? Eh, no, I'd rather hold on to the picks this year. Right, I would get... much prefer uh, moving, say, uh, a 2024 first round pick. The Canadians yeah. have two of them. Yeah. You can give them the Calgary's pick, for God's sakes. Who cares? Whenever that shows up, that right. shows up. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever year it falls on, right. have it. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, just because of the fact that he has made it extremely clear since he's been in Columbus, that Montreal is the destination. I don't feel like they have I would, to overpay. Like I threw it out no. there just like yeah. what I think, but there'll be, there'll be some sort of money go back the other way. Probably a center. You're going to throw in a young player. I'm just going to throw a guy out there like, um, a uh, kidney or, yeah, Maybe even a Sean Farrell. Okay. Okay. But then not have to give up as many assets. True. Um, right. More quality versus quantity right. kind of uh, right. argument. Right. Um, but so, this is so basically like, a, so like Dvorak Farrell or Dvorak. Well, yeah, Dvorak Farrell and um, Florida's pick. Okay. Yeah. That's that. I think that's, I think that's pretty close to the max they're going to get in any trade value. Yeah. To be honest, to be honest. Um, But in this whole, this whole scenario, this whole Dubois soap opera, it's a giant game of chicken. It is. And Hughes, Hughes doesn't need to flinch. He doesn't. Dubois, Dubois is a good to have, but he's not, an absolute must get. Right. Remember, guy was a player agent. Yeah. He knows how to talk. He knows how to negotiate. He knows how to bullshit. He knows the value. He, he, he seems bullshit. to set. <laughs> yeah. And he sets values on players and, you know, his, his goals. There's a value to them and he sticks to those. So I cannot see him playing a game of chicken and losing, especially in a case where, you don't have to get this guy right. to advance your, your program. He helps, yeah. but he's not a central piece. No, but I don't think, like, I, I know a lot of people have said, you can get him for nothing next year. You can get him for nothing next year. You can get him for nothing not next year. For eight. Not if he signs. And that's <laughs> likely what he's going to be looking for. Yeah, He's turning 25 years old. He's not going to want a one-year contract, a one-year show me, show me contract. Last year, he he showed he did he he put on a good season he had a good season, yeah. 
right? You Yes, he missed, say, 10 games or whatever it is, but he still had a very good season, and he looked pretty good in the playoffs. Yeah, and he he's still inconsistent. He's still he's a guy who could take over a game if he really wanted to, but there's games where he just disappears. Yeah. So it's not like he's consistently the best player. No, but he can be. No, do I do I think that he could be a point a game player? Maybe, sure. maybe. But right circumstances, I could see him being a solid 60, 70 point guy. Now. I'm not against players who get 60 to 70 points. Uh, that's actually better than the vast majority of NHLers. What you want with players like that, however, is you want them to bring something a little different, something a little bit more, even though it's not points, they got to bring something to the table. Uh, so in Suzuki's case, he's a guy who's going to probably be a 70 point player for a long term. Yes. But he brings uh a, an excellent defensive part yes. to the game yes he plays both ways uh he caulfield scores a ton of goals and he can still play a little bit of defense and he's he's willing to do the little things to sacrifice for the team right so it's all these little things you want from your star players especially does dubois have anything special that he brings beyond the 70 points. And yes, he's got size. Yes, he can dominate at times. But what else does he bring? He's good on the power play. Yes, that's true. I give him that. True. I'll give him that. He's good on the power play. He scored, I think he scored I think he scored like at least 10, 10 goals of his 27 were on the power play. And I think last year. Last year it was more than half. Right? So like he's good yeah. on the power play. He's good. He's good on the four check. He can, you know, he can kind of ramp up his game when needed, when he's agitated, when the team needs it. He can. And then I'm kind of looking times. at I'm kind of looking at the whole Quebec factor. Will he be uh, Drouin in Montreal or will he yeah. take his game to the next level? Yeah. When the fans, see, you know, point. when, you know, when the fans get behind him, when they, you know, when he, when he gets a player of the game for his first time, or when he gets, uh, he scores his first goal and he hears the fans, you know, obviously I'm spitballing mm -hmm. here, but will that be the, the, the energy that he needs to elevate his game and take that to the next level. Maybe it, it, there's an issue in Montreal as well. If you're a local player and you're, you're someone trades for you, especially providing a, a large piece that yeah. everyone seems to, to like um, there's an expectation on you. Yes. So that adds pressure. Can he handle that possibly? And when I was asking about an additional piece, what else does he bring? He brings a possession style game, which fits with the Canadians. He, yes. He's basically, a, uh, he's almost 60% on the Corsi in possession. So he's very good at, uh, at gaining possession, keeping possession and generating shots on net. Right. Uh, all things the Canadians need, but yep. that expectation, especially if they sign him for all, for more than the captain, 
that's that's going to be hard for him to meet up, especially if he doesn't reach the 70 point plateau right away. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he can next season with the Canadians with the lineup they have. No, no, I don't think so either. But he's but he's a guy that can come in. He can be a two C. Yeah. Power play time, et cetera. They can load that. They can absolutely load up that top power play if they want. Yeah. Have him out there, say Caulfield, Suzuki, Dubois, Matheson, and somebody else. Right. So I I see a lot of I see a lot of potential. I I really do. Um but again, at the end of the day, the price has to be right for the Canadians and it can't hurt them long-term. It can't just be like, I want this future. I want this. I want this. I want this. And then if it doesn't work out with Dubois, you've got a guy signed out, signed long-term who's just a player on the roster. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think that, uh, this guy has, he has it. He, there's something about him. I, I like him. I've liked him since he got into the league. Um, I saw him play a little bit when he played in Cape Breton. I know you did as well. There's something, there's something about his game that I like. And I think that for the right price, opening day, he starts with the Montreal Canadiens. Deal could be made on the draft floor while we're there. True. Now, I'm sure that last summer when we were at the draft in Montreal, he just happened to be there just to see the show. I'm sure it had nothing to do with him wanting to go to Montreal. Yeah. (laughs) But no, yeah. So we are going to be in Nashville. We are going to be there. I do expect to see a lot of fireworks on that first day. Uh, and this does kind of, you know, it fits. It fits with Hughes's yeah. overall. I I MO. can see I can see this draft being similar to the draft in Florida in 2015, when a shitload of deals went down prior to, and people were outside, and they were like, "This guy got traded." what the fuck you know like Lucic got traded and like that was when Boston went and got all those first round picks and everything um I I can see it being similar to that that we see the guys from Winnipeg start moving it we see um a guy like Dubois maybe get traded Dubrinkit get traded like all this stuff might happen leading into the draft not necessarily on the floor when everyone's dressed in their nice clothes and they're on TV, right? <laughs> true, true. I, I, think, I, I really I think, think the, I really think that we could see a splash. The day but, before, but, but it could happen. Off. But it could happen right after the the Stanley Cup final. I think there's going to be a lot right, of stuff we, right. On. We might see couples start to flow in right away. Maybe uh, I know we'll see. Uh, team arbitration being selected yep so that's going to happen right away trades maybe next week i mean once vegas wins tonight in game five (laughs) uh a couple of days later i can see some trades happening but with stuff like dubois or the bigger moves the bigger names 
I see that more of a post uh, NHL awards show to the draft. So that, that well, is two the night day before. span. That is the night before. <laughs> two nights before. Two nights before. There's a whole day in there. Yeah. There's a whole day in there. So um, yeah. I do expect to see a, quite a bit of movement in that day after and then the day of the draft. Right. It's a quick flight from it's a quick flight for me from Toronto. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully nothing not, not too much doesn't break while I'm in the air, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. I'm going to be flying in for the NHL awards, uh, covering that for the hockey writers. So keep an eye on that for uh, our listeners. Uh, I'll be there covering the draft for the hockey writers. You're going to be there with us uh, every step of the way. And yep. uh, it, it should be a good time. Should be. Absolutely. A lot of barbecue. Yeah. And wearing I'm, my stretchy pants. No, <laughs> <laughs> and I have no doubt they'll announce Vegas as the next destination, which I. That's uh, going to be fucking dangerous next year. <laughs> I've never, me. I've never been. However, I have watched The Hangover a lot. So. Well, I'm going to be doing I know what I'm getting part into. Two. Right, I know what you I'm guys will be in. Ve- <laughs> you guys are gonna be in Vegas doing Hangover Part One. I'm gonna be in Singapore doing Hangover Part Two. Well, there you go. <laughs> at the same time, yeah, because I I will be overseas at that time, so I, right. I can't go to Vegas. Crap. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, that pretty much does it for the show. Uh, I want to thank everyone who has tuned in and listened and stuck with us until the end of this. Uh, Matt, do you have any final thoughts? Nothing. I'm just looking forward to the draft and looking forward to the next, uh, some of these mock drafts coming out. I know Bob McKenzie's uh, final rankings are going to be coming out soon. I know TSN always puts up a really good mock draft. Sportsnet does the same thing. So be sure to go out there and, and check those out. But at the same time, go out there and support the little guys. Go and check it. You know, I, I, I know that some people are anti-Grant, but Grant does, you know what? Grant does really good work. He really does. Nice. So recruits hockey um does very good work check out his draft guide he puts a lot of effort into it draft prone of more friends from the show um there's there's so many that i can name they they do they all do great work um guys you know friends of the show like craig button some people are giving him flack right now because he put out a top you know his list and then somebody from tsn and their media gr- or their like production group or whatever turned it into a mock draft, which ex- which is not what he tried to do at all. All those are is his it. rank. All those are is his rankings. Montreal <laughs> is not getting uh, Sandine Pelica at number five. You've heard it here first. It's not happening. No, no, they're okay. gonna, they're they're getting Reinbacher. Come on now. Yeah. So there's my long winded <laughs> final words. Other than that, um, if the people that make halls are listening or the people that make vitamin water are are listening, we will take sponsorships. Well, yeah, we're not above being bribed or purchased. Buy me. me. Fucking throw the money at me. That's what's going to be happening in Vegas next year. So I'm just going to (laughs) get getting myself ready. Just me and the Bellagio Fountain and a bunch of ones. Sounds <laughs> sounds like a decent weekend. Uh, all right. And on the note that you, for myself, the final thought, on the note that you brought up about Grant McKegg, and as people listen to the show, uh, it'll be out the Wednesday morning 
the 14th. His list should be out today. And he is going to be coming back on the show within a week to talk about his list, to talk about the prospects. Uh, Hattie Kalakesh is going to be returning to discuss prospects again. We're going to have more prospect talk, more draft talk. And it's with people who have spent the entire year watching these prospects. So whether you agree with their positioning of a specific prospect or not, that doesn't make them stupid. Right. It just means they have a different point of view. And, and, and to our listeners, if there's somebody that you'd like to see us maybe have yes. on, send us a message. Say, hey, we'd like you to talk to this guy. Yeah. Or, hey, we enjoyed the show when you had this guy on. Get him on again. And like it's it's stuff that we pass on to these guests and these returning guests. And, and we we give them this information and, and they really appreciate it. They really do. Uh, uh, Lyle Richardson, Spectres Hockey. We get a lot of uh, emails and messages when he comes on, and he comes on quite often. He's he already, does. He's been on the show more than anybody else. Uh, I think even more than Treg. Probably. <laughs> and he really does appreciate those those messages and support. So, yeah, if you guys have ideas, you guys got someone you want to hear from, let us know. We'll reach out and get these people. Uh, so again, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.